part seven the doge and doges section seven of weird tales by e t a hoffman translated by j t bilby this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part seven the doge and doges section seven antonio could hardly wait until the following evening since he hoped then to have the desired message from his beloved annunziata at last at last the old woman came limping in dropped panting into the armchair and clapped her thin bony hands together again and again crying tonino oh tonino what in the world has happened to our dear darling when i went into her room there she lay on the couch with her eyes half closed her pretty head resting on her arm neither slumbering nor awake neither sick nor well i approached her oh noble lady said i what misfortune has happened to you does your scarce healed wound hurt you still but she looked at me oh with such eyes antonio i have never seen anything like them and directly i looked down into the humid moonlight that was in them they withdrew behind the dark clouds of their silken lashes then sighing a sigh that came from the depths of her heart she turned her lovely pale face to the wall and whispered softly so softly but oh so sadly that i was cut right to the heart amare amare ah senza amare i fetched a little chair and sat down beside her and began to talk about you she buried herself in the cushions and her breathing coming quicker and quicker and quicker turned to sighing i told her candidly that you had been in the gondola disguised and that i would now at once without delay take you who were dying of love and longing to see her then she suddenly started up from the cushions and whilst the scalding tears streamed down her cheeks she exclaimed vehemently for god's sake by all the holy saints no no i cannot see him old woman i conjure you tell him he is never never again to come near me never tell him he is to leave venice to go away at once so then you will let my poor antonio die i interposed then she sank back upon the cushions apparently smarting from the most unutterable anguish and her voice was almost choked with tears as she sobbed out shall not i also die the bitterest of deaths at this point old falieri entered the room and at a sign from him i had to withdraw she has rejected me away away into the sea cried antonio giving way to utter despair the old woman chuckled and laughed in her usual way and went on you simple child you simple child don't you see that lovely annunziata loves you with all the intensity with all the agonized love of which a woman's heart is capable you simple boy late to-morrow evening slip into the ducal palace you will find me in the second gallery on the right from the great staircase and then we will see what's to be done the following evening as antonio trembling with expectant happiness stole up the great staircase his conscience suddenly smote him as though he were about to commit some great crime he was so dazed and he trembled and shook so that he was scarcely able to climb the stairs he had to stop and rest by leaning himself against a column immediately in front of the gallery that had been indicated to him 
all at once he was plunged in the midst of a bright glare of torches and before he could move from the place old bodoeri stood in front of him accompanied by some servants who bore the torches bodoeri fixed his eyes upon the young man and then said ha you are antonio you have been assigned this post i know come follow me antonio convinced that his proposed interview with the doges was betrayed followed not without trembling but imagine his astonishment when on entering a remote room bodoeri embraced him and spoke of the importance of the post that had been assigned to him and which he would have to maintain with courage and firm resolution that very night but his amazement increased to anxious fear and dismay when he learned that a conspiracy had been long ripening against the seigneury and that at the head of it was the doge himself and this was the night in which agreeably to the resolutions come to in falieri's house on giudecca the seigneury was to fall and old marino falieri was to be proclaimed sovereign duke of venice antonio stared at bodoeri without uttering a word bodoeri interpreted the young man's silence as a refusal to take part in the execution of the formidable conspiracy and he cried incensed you cowardly fool you shall not leave this palace again you shall either take up arms on our side or die but talk to this man first a tall and noble figure stepped forward from the dark background of the apartment as soon as antonio saw the man's face which he could not do until he came into the light of the torches and recognized it he threw himself upon his knees and cried completely losing his presence of mind at seeing him whom he never dreamt of seeing again oh good god my father bertuccio nanolo my dear foster parent nanolo raised the young man up clasped him in his arms and said in a gentle voice i of a verity i am bertuccio ninolo whom you perhaps thought lay buried at the bottom of the sea but i have only quite recently escaped from my shameful captivity at the hands of the savage morbasson yes i am the bertuccio ninolo who adopted you and i never for a moment dreamt that the stupid servants whom bodoeri sent to take possession of the villa which he had bought of me would turn you out of the house you infatuated youth do you hesitate to take up arms against a despotic caste whose cruelty robbed you of a father ay go down to the quadrangle of the fontego and the stains which you will see there on the stone pavements are the stains of your father's blood the seigneury when making over to the german merchants the depot and exchange which you know under the name of the fontego forbade all those who had offices assigned to them to take the keys with them when they went away they were to leave them with the official in charge of the fontego your father acted contrary to this law and had therefore incurred a heavy penalty but now when the offices were opened on your father's return there was found amongst his wares a chest of false venetian coins he vainly protested his innocence it was only too evident that some malicious fiend perhaps the official in charge himself had smuggled in the chest in order to ruin your father the inexorable judges satisfied that the chest had been found in your father's offices condemned him to death he was executed in the quadrangle of the fontego nor would you now be living if faithful margaret had not saved you 
i your father's truest friend adopted you and in order that you might not betray yourself to the seigneury you were not told what was your father's name but now now anthony dalviger now is the time now to seize your arms and revenge upon the heads of the seigneury your father's shameful death antonio fired by the spirit of vengeance swore to be true to the conspirators and to act with invincible courage it is well known that it was the affront put upon bertuccio ninolo by dandulo when he was appointed to superintend the naval preparations and on the occasion of a quarrel struck ninolo in the face that induced him to join with his ambitious son-in-law in his conspiracy against the seigneury both ninolo and bodoeri were desirous for old falieri to assume the princely mantle in order that they might themselves rise along with him the conspirators plan was to spread abroad the news that the genoese fleet lay before the lagoon then when night came the great bell in st mark's tower was to be rung and the town summoned to arms under the false pretext of defence this was to be the signal for the conspirators whose numbers were considerable and who were scattered throughout all venice to occupy st mark's square make themselves masters of the remaining principal squares of the town murder the leading men of the seigneury and proclaim the doge sovereign duke of venice but it was not the will of heaven that this murderous scheme should succeed nor that the fundamental constitution of the harassed state should be trampled in the dust by old falieri a man inflamed with pride and haughtiness the meetings in falieri's house in judecca had not escaped the watchfulness of the ten but they failed altogether to learn any reliable intelligence but the conscience of one of the conspirators a fur merchant of pisa benshin by name pricked him he resolved to save from destruction his friend and gossip nicolas leoni a member of the council of ten when twilight came on he went to him and besought him not to leave his house during the night no matter what occurred leone's suspicion was aroused he detained the fur merchant and on pressing him closely learned the whole scheme in conjunction with giovanni gradenigo and marco cornaro he called the council of ten together in st salvador's church and there in less than three hours measures were taken calculated to stifle all the efforts of the conspirators on the first sign of movement antonio's commission was to take a body of men and go to st mark's tower and see that the bell was tolled arrived there he found the tower occupied by a large force of arsenal troops who on his attempting to approach charged upon him with their halberds his own band seized with a sudden panic scattered like chaff and he himself slipped away in the darkness of the night but he heard the footsteps of a man following close at his heels he felt him lay hands upon him and he was just on the point of cutting his pursuer down when by means of a sudden flash of light he recognized pietro save yourself cried he save yourself antonio here in my gondola all is betrayed bodoeri ninolo are in the power of the seigneury the doors of the ducal palace are closed the doge is confined a prisoner in his own apartment watched like a criminal by his own faithless guards come along make haste get away almost stupefied antonio suffered himself to be dragged into the gondola 
muffled voices the clash of weapons single cries for help then with the deepest blackness of the night there followed a breathless awful silence next morning the populace stricken with terror beheld a fearful sight it made every man's blood run cold in his veins the council of the ten had that very same night passed sentence of death upon the leaders of the conspiracy who had been seized they were strangled and suspended from the balcony at the side of the palace overlooking the piazzetta the one whence the doge was in the habit of witnessing all ceremonies and where alas antonio had hovered in the air before the lovely annunziata and where she had received from him the nosegay of flowers amongst the corpses were those of marino bodoeri and bertuccio ninolo two days later old marino falieri was sentenced to death by the council of ten and executed on the so-called giant stairs of the palace antonio wandered about unconsciously like a man in a dream no one laid hands upon him for no one recognized him as having been of the number of the conspirators on seeing old falieri's grey head fall he started up as it were out of his death-like trance with a most unearthly scream with the shout annunziata he rushed storming in the palace and along the passages nobody stopped him the guards as if stupefied by the terrible thing that had just taken place only stared after him the old crone came to meet him loudly lamenting and complaining she seized his hand and a few steps more and along with her he entered annunziata's room there she lay poor thing on the couch as if already dead antonio rushed towards her and covered her hands with burning kisses calling her by the sweetest and tenderest names then she slowly opened her lovely heavenly eyes and saw antonio at first however it appeared as if it cost her an effort to call him to mind but speedily she raised herself up threw both her arms around his neck and drew him to her bosom showering down her hot tears upon him and kissing his cheeks his lips antonio my antonio i love you oh more than i can tell you yes yes there is a heaven on earth what are my father's and my uncle's and my husband's death in comparison with the blissful joy of your love oh let us flee flee from this scene of blood and murder thus spake annunziata her heart rent by the bitterest anguish as well as by the most passionate love amid thousands of kisses and never-ending tears the two lovers mutually swore eternal fidelity and forgetting the fearful events of the terrible day that was past they turned their eyes from the earth and looked up into the heaven which the spirit of love had unfolded to their view the old woman advised them to flee to chiozza thence antonio intended to travel in an opposite direction by land towards his own native country his friend pietro procured him a small boat and had it brought to the bridge behind the palace when night came annunziata enveloped in a thick shawl crept stealthily down the steps with her lover attended by old margaret who bore some valuable jewel caskets in her hood they reached the bridge unobserved and unobserved they embarked in their small craft antonio seized the oar and away they went at a quick and vigorous rate the bright moonlight danced along the waves in front of them like a gladsome messenger of love 
they reached the open sea then began a peculiar whistling and howling of the wind far above their heads black shadows came trooping up and hung themselves like a dark veil over the bright face of the moon the dancing moonshine the gladsome messenger of love sank in the black depths of the sea amongst its muttering thunders the storm came on and drove the black piled-up masses of clouds in front of it with wrathful violence up and down tossed the boat oh help us god help us screamed the old woman antonio no longer master of the oar clasped his darling annunziata in his arms whilst she aroused by his fiery kisses strained him to her bosom in the intensity of her rapturous affection oh my antonio oh my annunziata they whispered heedless of the storm which raged and blustered ever more furiously then the sea the jealous widow of the beheaded doge falieri stretched up her foaming waves as if they were giant arms and seized upon the lovers and dragged them along with the old woman down down into her fathomless depths as soon as the man in the mantle had thus concluded his narrative he jumped up quickly and left the room with strong rapid strides the friends followed him with their eyes silently and very much astonished then they went to take another look at the picture the old doge again looked down upon them with a smirk in his ridiculous finery and foppish vanity but when they carefully looked into the dogess's face they perceived quite plainly that the shadow of some unknown pain a pain of which she only had a foreboding was throned upon her lily brow and that dreamy aspirations of love gleamed from behind her dark lashes and hovered around her sweet lips the hostile power seemed to be threatening death and destruction from out the distant sea and the vaporous clouds which enshrouded st mark's they now had a clear conception of the deeper significance of the charming picture but so often as they looked upon it again all the sympathetic sorrow which they had felt at the history of antonio and annunziata's love returned upon them and filled the deepest recesses of their souls with its pleasurable awe end of part seven the doge and doges recording by expatriate in bangor maine